The Marching Roundtable is an official media partner of Drum Corps International. This podcast is sponsored by Marching Arts Education and ColorGuard EDU. Found at marchingartseducation.com. I'll never forget, like, we would have rehearsals, and this is when me and Mark were marching, and even after we'd stopped marching, after we aged out, but we have to have elbow pads on and knee pads because, I mean, we're just killing ourselves. <laughs> like, the rifles, I mean, we have to go to the hospital just to kill ourselves. You know, it was nuts. But, you know, that was something that Dad always really wanted to do. I mean, it was funny. We'd be at practice. And he'd pick up a rifle or saber and start doing tricks with it. And people would be, and the just, kids would go crazy. They'd be, he'd, they'd be blown away. Here they see this 65-year-old man doing this. And it, but he, again, it was all the baton twirling background. And he really wanted to incorporate that in everything we did. That's Mike and Mark Miller of Fred J. Miller Incorporated talking about their days with the famous Miller's Blackhawks Color Guard. On this podcast, we talk with them about those amazing shows by a guard known for being entertaining, very high energy, with an equipment style of their own. We truly lived it every day. Yeah, we lived it every day. You know, we, we always say we we didn't have the normal high school experience because every weekend, starting after school on Friday, you're rehearsing with the color guard all the way till Sunday at five. You know, and, and if we're not doing that, we're traveling and competing. But you know what? That's what we wanted to do. We and I wouldn't it. and I wouldn't have changed it for anything. I, we, we wouldn't be where we are today without doing that. They were designing world-class guard shows when they were only 16 years old. We also talk about their years teaching and designing at Miamisburg High School, plus their thoughts on managing the competitive nature of the activity. When we started to do Miamisburg full-time, we still did Miamisburg when we did Blackhawks in the early years, but we did Miamisburg just constantly. You know, we took a totally different approach to that and said, look, we're just going to do what we're due, and whatever happens, happens, happens. You know, we want to teach these kids something. You know, that's the most important thing to us, that they, when they leave here, if they learn discipline, if they, if, if they learn commitment, hard work, if they learn hard work, then you know what? We've succeeded as much as we can. That, that takes over any first place medal ever. Mark and Mike Miller, remembering Miller's Blackhawks on the Marching Roundtable. idea can change your life. Make your group more successful by making yourself more valuable. Marching Arts Education is the site you can trust with information from experts at the very top of our activity. Get great ideas from Matt Harloff, Scott Chandler, Paul and Sandy Rennick, Greg Lagola, Michael Klesch, Joey Powell, Rick Subel, Tim Newburn, and many others. Marching Arts Education is also the home of Color Guard EDU, the dynamic marching band by Wayne Markworth, and the valuable course, Ethics and Risk Management. Find out more and start learning from the trusted experts at marchingartseducation.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Marching Roundtable. This is Tim Hinton. I am so excited to talk to these two gentlemen today. I have to tell you that I've, been, I've done over 700 podcasts over seven years, and this is one of the conversations I have always wanted to have. And so I'm, I'm going to kind of fanboy out a little bit. I hope you guys don't mind. So Mark Miller, how are you, sir? I'm doing fine, thank you, and thanks for having us. Thank you for being here. And Mike Miller, how are you? Doing wonderful, and thank you for having us. <laughs> and you guys sound exactly alike. There may, <laughs> be a, there may be a point when you have to say, this is Mark. I, I don't guess it doesn't matter. Um, you guys are <laughs> twins, right? Yes. 
Yes. And everybody knows that about you, I'm assuming. You guys are sort of celebrities in the world of marching band well, and color guard, aren't you? I don't know about that, but we've been around a long time. I will say that. <laughs> so I feel like we need to talk more about the history of color guard and band. We don't do enough of it. It always upsets me when I talk to a... Uh, you know, a, a new color guard person and I'll mention the Skylarks and they're like, who's that? And I'm like, uh, you know, so like we need to talk about this stuff. So that's why I wanted to talk to you guys. Um, I want to tell you that I started watching color guard. My first WGI finals was in 82 in Nashville. In so, Nashville, yeah. Vanderbilt. I'm sure you guys were there. <laughs> Yep. We were performers. <laughs> of course. And so that my point was I watched you guys perform all through the 80s. The 80s is actually my favorite color guard years. <laughs> That's how old school I can get. Um, yeah. But I've seen a lot of color guard. So um, I love talking about Miller's Blackhawks. You tell me, like, first off, when did you guys march? Let's put this in context. Well, you know, the first year we marched and Tim, you know, we were kind of brought up into the color guard world because clearly because of our mother and father, you know, Fred and Marlene Miller. Of course. And, you know, my father was a past band director and he taught baton twirling and my mother did the same thing. And, um, they did that for years. And then eventually, you know, we always had the Miller's Blackhawks musical core. And what this was, this is something my parents started back actually in the fifties and, you know, it was like drum corps on a gym floor, kind of like the way the winds are, the way now, the winds are now with WGI. Interesting. But the only difference was, is we also had baton twirlers out, out there also. That was kind of the base of all that. So we had musical instruments. It was all brass instruments and percussion and the baton twirlers. And so that's kind of how we started. So we had this musical core. Um, my parents did. You know, we actually performed in the Macy's Parade six different times. Cool. Uh, we went over to Spain and visited overseas with the court um, back in the early 70s. And so that's kind of how it all derived from there. Um, and then that's kind of when they, uh, the uh, musical core kind of, they stopped, we stopped doing that probably, probably in the mid, probably late 70s. Late 70s, we, because it, it's, you know, my father, as well as Mike and I and, and my sister and my mother, we started to become very interested in the Winter Color Guard activity. And in the musical core, we always had flags and rifles that we spun and everything. And we became very interested with that. And, of course, we always were, you know, fans and interested in drum corps. And so we did all the DCI championships back in the 70s and cool. did all that. Yeah. And, and so... Our first year, we actually, the, the our first year of the Miller's Blackhawks Winter Color Guard was in 1978. And that's when we performed. We performed at the Blackhawks from 78, and we aged out in 85. In 85. Okay. And that was the year the Miller's Blackhawks did the, um, we had the stage, you know, we had the three different stages out there. And, you know, it was, it was what we called our Broadway show mm -hmm. at the time. Mm -hmm. But that was our last year. But our first year with them was in 78. And I'll never forget going to, we didn't go to WGI that year, finals, but we went to a regional. And I still remember that to this day, it was in Rockford, Illinois, <laughs> at the Rockford Armory. And I remember seeing the Phantom Regiment and the Cavaliers. State Street Review. State Street Review. The mm -hmm. Colts were a big, big deal then. The Guardsmen. The Guardsmen. We were, we were in awe of what these 
performers were doing. And that's what kind of hooked us. You know, we just, we thought, you know what, we want to keep doing this and keep developing this. And then so um, in 1979, we went to a couple more regionals. And I can't even tell you the show we did then. But it was was back then. But our first WGI, actual world championship, was in 1980 when it was in Buffalo, New York. No. No, no, it was in Cape Cod. Oh, Cape Cod, that's right. Cape Cod. <laughs> it was in Cape Cod, Massachusetts, and we and 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 we performed on an ice rink. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember that. And was it cold? Could you tell? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, you know, they just put the they had like boards over it. It was interesting, but that was our first. And you know, that year we were actually that's when WG we were considered an A guard. At well, that time. well, they only had A class and open class, right? And. We are an A. We are an A class at that time, and um, it was it was it was just so neat to go up there. I mean, when we saw this, we never seen like St. Patrick Shamrocks, right. or even at, at that time, never saw the Skylarks. And then at that time, it's when George Zingali did Quasar. Mm. Never saw those groups, and we saw all these groups live. And just right now, I'm getting chills. I just thinking about. I mean, we were just like, this is these 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 groups are incredible. It's unbelievable. And that's why Mark said, and then we just got hooked. I mean, it's like. Was that the year, Mike, when was, um, uh, is that when West Bridgewater won? Well, we had, yes, the the A-class. And Dale Powers, who did Emma Marquis after that, they were, he did the West Bridgewater Wildcats, and they actually won the A-class that year. We were second. And we were second. We were first in prelims and then second in finals. Right. Right, and so that was kind of like our indoctrination in, into uh, um, Winter Garden International, and then the next year we were in Buffett, Syracuse. Syracuse, that's yes. right. You're not real good with dates, Mark. <laughs> I told you, I'm, I'm getting old and forgetful. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and that that was our first year in what they call now the world class at right. that time. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And we always, you know, you know, if, if we're talking too much here, Tim, just yell, you know, just oh no, I'm but. I'm totally loving it. I want you guys to reminisce, however you can. So, so here's the thing about Millers, okay? Th- there was an energy in the room that sort of took over the crowd when Millers would enter, and I, 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 you guys have got to be aware of this sort of special, cool energy that happened whenever Millers Blackhearts appeared. Like I remember. Um, I remember sitting in the audience at multiple years in Dayton at WGI and just thinking, oh, my God, I think the roof is about to blow off the building. <laughs> like, were you guys aware of this sort of frenzy that you got the crowd into? It, you know, um, I don't know. It, at, at that level, we knew, you know, our the thing we really wanted to do was make it entertaining as much as possible mm-hmm. to make it fun. We always chose fun, what we would consider fun, upbeat music. You know, I think people always, I would like to think that they looked at the Miller's Blackhawks as always like with our all of our equipment work. You know, we really, in, we really intertwined baton twirling stuff into the flag and rifle stuff at that time. Yeah. You know, I'll never forget, you know, when Leanne Evans, she was this little girl who came out and it was the first time a WGI crowd ever saw she was like 12 years old and she threw like a six and did three turns underneath it and the crowd went crazy yeah you know um but you know for her it was nothing yeah because it's like baton twirling and she was probably one of the best uh, baton twirlers at the time for her age for her it was nothing 
I mean, it was it's just, a, and, and the crowd just went crazy. And so, I mean, I, I guess we did that, you know, and, and I guess we did sense that we got everyone, you know, I, I think we kind of, you know, again, I would tend to think we took people, they kind of forgot about everything and they were just enjoying what they were seeing. And I think they really got into it. And, you know, and, and, and as, as performers, I know Mike and I, I mean, we loved it. I mean, we were, we were so involved with every bit of it that it just got so exciting for us. And then when we would perform, especially at the University of Dayton, that was just, it was awesome. It was just awesome. It was just something so special that, you know, you, you remember forever. You know, Mike and I are both 55 years old now, and we still remember those days like it was yesterday. Um, and it was great. So Well, and I do too. And, you know, that's why I'm so excited to be sort of reminiscing with you guys today because I remember those shows so well. And that's what's fascinating to me is like we're talking about this and I'm sort of transported right back. Now, I'm sitting in the audience, like experiencing these shows. But, um, you know, there was just a special environment. And I so appreciate, like, I'm always talking to people about make your shows more fun, please. You know, yep. like, let's not have one more sad ballad. You know, like, I'm, Absolutely. I'm, I'm all about that. And so that's the way I remember Miller's for sure. It was just always all this energy. It was fun. It was entertaining, but mostly just this visceral energy flying off the floor at me. Yeah. Well, I mean, then, you know, again, like I said, that was so important to us as designers and as performers that it was going to be a fun and uplifting type of thing. You know, I agree, you know, and, but, but I will have to say, Tim, a lot of most, most of the color guards back in those days all kind of had shows like that. You know, I mean, it was, that's true. You know, where, where, you know, you, you could think about the Cavaliers when they did reroll rock you or, hmm. you know, James Bond, or, you know, and, and, and so, so, uh, you know, a lot of the color guards, uh, all had shows like that you know one thing you know of course of course we attend i don't mean to be mean to be jumping forward but you know we attend wgi every year clearly i mean we're we're here in dayton Ohio. this is where our manufacturing facility is for fred j miller incorporated but so we go there every year you know we look at the the, the biggest difference from when we did it to now there you know in our eyes we always discuss this there's two things one you're right you know, it's like everything seems to be soft and lyrical and pretty and you don't see any of the upbeat stuff. But the biggest difference we see is the talent level of the performers today are absolutely off the charts. Off the charts. I mean, yeah. I said to, we always say if we had these type of performers when we did the Blackhawks, th yeah. it would be endless. I mean, because it, the, the, the talent level today is crazy, but the shows are so much more different. You know, you don't see, it's very rare you see, you know, a show where you have a Broadway style, style show or like when we did the color year, you know, that type of show where it was just exciting and fun to watch and all that. So, um, you know, the, well, I'm, glad, I'm glad you mentioned the color year. I'm assuming after you guys aged out, you still, of course, were, were designing, instructing yeah. oh, all yeah. that. Okay. Yeah. Because the, the, of all the shows that when I think back on Miller's Blackhawks, I always think of the color show first. And, and I don't know, is that like one of the most famous shows because it was so iconic for you guys? Probably. I would guess. I would probably say yes. That's when um, it, it was obviously that's what a lot of people relate when they think of Blackhawks. This is you is, is is the color show. You know, there was a lot of elements in that show. Um, and we had a great time putting that together, too. I mean, with the music and just everything. And and and, you know, that's what, a, you know, it was just a show that a lot of people remember. And, you know, they related it to, you know, it was, but it was exciting. And, you know, you know, that year I'll never forget because, you know, 
um, when, when we when we went and designed all that stuff, you know, we are, of course, we're always apprehensive when we start when we start designing some of this stuff. But, you know, it just kind of was like the first the first couple shows we went out. It was so well received and you, know, you felt good about that. But, you know, but that it, it was that, you know, we feel that's probably it's either that one or when we did the stage show, you know, right. um, in 85 in 85. It's yeah. probably yeah. those two people remember a lot. Um, um, the, the, the one year, too, is when we did all the jazz that people remember is when we did all the Buddy Rich music. That was 1984. People always said we looked like green lizards out on the floor. With, with <laughs> Which we did. Which we, we did. We did. <laughs> I totally remember that. Yeah. So, but, you know. People talk about that show about our, all the equipment work we did, you know, with our, you know, with the savers and right, you know, they just they, again we incorporated a lot of the baton twirling stuff into that, and I think people were a little wowed by that. So, um, no, absolutely, there was there was like a little bit of a different style difference. And listen, that's the other thing is I like it when you know your group doesn't look like every other group. So that's another thing was there was something about the equipment that was well certainly masterful in the handlers that you guys were, but I feel like that that sort of twirling core background showed up and you looked different spinning, and I think that's cool. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we, and we definitely did, and I and I think everyone everyone kind of recognized that too, and, and that was something we were proud of. We were, you know. Um, I'll never forget, like, we would have rehearsals, and this is when we, when me and Mark were marching, and even after we'd stopped marching, after we aged out, but we have to have elbow pads on and knee pads, because, I mean, we're just killing ourselves. <laughs> like, the rifles, I mean, we have to go to the hospital to kill ourselves. You know, it was nuts. But, you know, that was something that Dad, um, you know, that he always really wanted to do i mean he would i mean he could pick up a rifle or a saber and do all these i mean he would it was funny we'd be at practice and he'd pick up a rifle or saber and start doing tricks with it and people would be and just, the kids would go crazy they'd, they'd be blown away here they see this 65 year old man doing this and it, but again it was all the baton twirling background and he really wanted to incorporate that in everything we did so, well and you know you mentioned the twirling core a lot but miller's blackhawks twirling core 18 national titles in 21 years like that's that's just a phenomenal level of success, and then you brought all that expertise into this. I think it's really interesting. Yeah, well, you know, and, and you're right, and you know, you know that was that was mom and dad's passion, and and they they were when they did that. I mean, they they took it very seriously, but in the same time, you know, they made sure it was a great experience for everyone involved. And then when we got involved with Color Guard, you know, dad became very instrumental with WGI. He was one of the main contributors. Of getting it here to Dayton, Ohio, mm. um, and it's been here ever. You know, it's, you know, as you well know, it's it's here every year. But um, uh, he became so involved with WGI in a lot of different levels, and you know, it was just a it was just a normal progression on how everything from went. the twirling core to to the winter guard. Right. You know, you know, Mike and I were doing that. You know, we were teaching we were teaching um, the Millers Blackhawks and designing them. We we're teaching Miamisburg High School and designing them. And we're doing this all when we started. We started teaching Miami's work when we were 16 years old. Mm. So I mean, and so and then we've been. And then the first year that we kind of did everything for the Blackhawks was in 1983. We did the all the staging and all the equipment and everything, all of it. That was the first year we actually did did most of it. Wait, 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 so, wait. So you're saying that you were designing and staging and marching? Oh yeah. Yes. Yep. 
that had to be interesting. So how did you manage those dual roles with like everybody in the guard? I guess they just knew that that's who you were. Like, how did that happen? Yeah. How did it work? Yeah. I don't think we ever had any. I, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it was, it wasn't a, a bad situation. It wasn't an uncomfortable situation. They all kind of knew that. Yeah. Um, and even yeah. like they're probably in a rehearsal. If we did a run through, there might be one that we would just sit out just to watch it to make sure things were right. But for the most, like we'd still do all the run throughs, even though we were instructing it and wanting to make changes. You know, you know, clearly my father and my mother and Mary Lynn were all real involved too. So, oh, yeah. you know, and they weren't marching. So, um, you know, you know, decisions with that were made also. But yeah, we, it was kind of a given. I don't think it never was an issue. I don't think anyone, you know, as far as we know, I think everybody was fine with it. It's, it's, it, it's, it, it's kind of what it was. So, um, no, it's very cool. It's just, it's amazing. I don't know, to have been so young and to have all that experience and be able to do that. Like, I think that's going to blow some people's minds that somebody at 16 can design a world class winter guard show. But that's just, you guys just grew up immersed in it, right? Yeah. Yeah. We did. It, it, it just, and, and we truly lived it every day. Yeah. We lived it every day. You know, we, we always say we, we didn't have the normal high school experience because every weekend, starting after school on Friday, you're rehearsing with the color guard all the way till Sunday at five. So, you know, you didn't, you know, and then we're, and if we're not doing that, we're traveling and competing. Um, so, I mean, we were, we were, but you know what? That's what we wanted to do. We and I wouldn't, it. and I wouldn't change the phrase. We, we wouldn't be where we are today without doing that. Well, so, and I think I have to point out that all that expertise we're talking about, you've continued all these years. And now you're, of course, you're pouring it into Fred J. Miller and all the great work you guys are doing. That well, all you. makes sense to me now. I mean, like, yeah. you know, all this experience, all this um, expertise, and now you're just channeling it in that way. Absolutely. Well, like I said, there's a lot of, there's a lot of history with, with the Fred J. Miller family. And, and you are absolutely correct. We're, you know, we're channeling it now through, through our actual company. And we're very proud of that. You know, we stopped when, when Tim, when we stopped the last year, the Miller's Blackhawks actually had a winter color guard was in 1990. And that was the last year we did it. Now, Mike and I continued for about another 12 years, 12 or no, we with Miamisburg High School after that. Mm. Um, so and we are all in for that. I mean, we rehearsed every night. We it's just like we did with the Blackhawks. We rehearsed every weekend. We traveled. We traveled with them. You know, we didn't have our families at that time, so that wasn't an issue. Um, and so, you know, w we did that for quite a while. And you know, we were very proud of the Miamisburg thing. But everything we learned from the Blackhawks, we carried in, into Miamisburg High School. And then um, when that was over, you know, we finally said. You no, we just we you know we, we 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 just can't do anymore. You know, we we both got married and started having children. You know, things change. You know, things progress, and um, and you also have to know when it's time when it's time to leave. You know, and you know our interests started gearing toward our families and our business and our business. And you and you know we weren't probably you know you just got to ask yourself. It's you know you gotta you gotta know when it's time. Okay, I think we're done. You know, someone else needs to like with Miami's work. Someone else needs to take this over now. And the and the best thing about what we did, and you know why I feel we're so fortunate and so blessed is we are still with our company, still so involved with the pageantry arts. It's just in a different level now. Right, it's a different different thing. Um, you know, we're we're proud. Of course, you know we 
you know, our business changed quite dramatically when we partnered up with Michael Cesario in terms of the marching band uniforms. Right, right. You know, and it changed the face of our business. And, you know, we had to dedicate all our time to that, you know, we could to make that work, to make that happen. And, you know, with, with, with the insight of our father, Fred, and, and Marlene, and our mother, you know, it kind of brought us to this next step. And it was like a natural progression for us. And again, I always tell people how blessed I feel that we can even yep. do what we do because here we are. We're still involved with all these bands, these drum corps, these winter guards. And, um, you know, we still feel we contribute just in different ways. Oh, gosh, of course. I mean, I, I think you. what's interesting is we're sort of laying out a, a lifetime of making contributions that are significant. I mean, certainly what Miller's did as a winter guard was really significant. Certainly what you did in Miamisburg, which I want to talk about a little bit. And then, of course, I think you're having a profound impact on the world marching, certainly through the company and FJM. So it, that's that's a lot to be proud of. Like, that's a really a lifetime of of positive contributions yeah. to something you love. Well, thank yeah. you. Yeah, absolutely. I we, we certainly agree. You know, you mentioned Miamisburg. Gosh, those, that guard... <laughs> Well, it's still great guard, but I mean, that, that, those, that year, those years you were teaching that guard, that was really a special high school group. I was talking about that a little bit. Did you have a, I, I know what you're going to say. You have a favorite show. I know what, I know which one you're going to say. Well, it's probably Marilyn Monroe. Of course. Of course. It's so famous. It's so crazy famous. You know, I'll never forget, you know, our, our dream. I, I said to Mark, it would be awesome. I, you know, I would love to have a show where the crowd gives you a standing ovation in the middle of your show. I said, would that just be the most awesome thing in the world? And when that happened at WGI, yeah. it was, and, you know, and our mom and dad were so proud mm. of well, what that was. You well, know, and, and that, it's funny, just a, just a quick, quick story, how that show even came about. It's, 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 this is funny. We are at the WGI board meeting the year before that year and the year we did Marilyn Monroe was 1991. So oh, it was a 1991. You're yeah. right. You're right. And then in, in 1990, we're at the board meeting and, you know, we're talking about, you know, they're talking about policies and rules and, you know, judging, how to judge different things. And, 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 and Randy Nelson, who was with Chuck Tehachi at that time, mm -hmm. we always tell Randy this too. He said, well, how would you judge somebody if they don't have any music at all? And then my brother sitting in the background, just thinking to himself, you know what? That's not a bad idea. We're, I said, we're going to give that a shot. Yeah. I mean, we, did, we, did, we didn't tell him that. The next, year, next year he came out and we did three minutes of our show with no music. <laughs> well, but so wildly innovative. And I mean, people still talk about that show, but I, so many people mention that show when they're saying, what's your all-time favorite show? So many people will mention the silence and of course the dress and like, like it's, it's just so iconically like famous. Well, it was it was you know and, and and the kids we had that year were pretty dang good kids. I mean, I remember like the last probably the last month of the season we didn't. I mean, we just didn't have to do much with right. them. I mean, it was one of those shows where just, things just kind of came into place. Just, there happen. wasn't a ton of revisions that needed to be done. So, you know, I think one thing that people remember about that show too is how clean the equipment work was. Mm. And, you know, and it's because, we, you know, we had to do some revisions, but not a ton. And so we really had the opportunity to really work on on making sure everything, you know, the precision was down to where it was, you know. And, you know, when Mike referred to that, that, that standing ovation, that was right. But, you know, I'll never forget it. It's when we did this full flag feature. 
And the music was, you know, we still weren't doing it. It was no music at all. People always said, well, how did they know this? That? We had a little, you know, we would have people on the floor. You couldn't hear them, but maybe counting a little bit or something. You know, you could do something there. But when that we did that flag feature and we threw that high toss and then the music kicked in, I'll never forget that. That's when that standing O came. And it was it was just the neatest feeling. And I was we were so proud of those kids. I mean, oh, they just saw awesome. I mean, they were phenomenal. I mean, the kids were just on. I mean, just fantastic. I mean, they were they were fantastic kids that year. I mean, it was just one of those. It was one of those. It was just a special magical year. year. It was you a know? special year that just everything just fell into place. And, you know, well, we just, you know, the thing I want to mention, too, is that I'm always telling guard people worry less about scores and judging and, and be bold. And like, this is right. what you're describing. You took a gigantic chance. Right. You know, and, 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 and I'm not going to lie, you know, through the, the early years, the Blackhawks, especially when we were, were moving up in the ranks, you know, there was times, maybe sometimes we thought too much about the competitive aspect of it. And I'll never forget when we when we when we started to do Miamisburg full time. We still did Miamisburg when we did Blackhawks in mm. the early years. Yeah, but we did Miamisburg just constant. You know, we took a totally different approach to that and said, "Look, we're just going to do what we're do, and whatever happens, happens, happens." You know, we're, we want to teach these kids something. You know, that's the most important thing to us. If they, when they leave here, if they learn discipline, if they if if they learn commitment, hard work, if they learn hard work. Then you know what? We've succeeded as much as we can. That would that that. That's that takes over any first place medal ever. So, well, I've boy. All right. So everybody that's listening, rewind and listen to that five more times, because that is such phenomenal advice. And the thing is, when you do that, when you stop worrying about scores and placements, then suddenly your product and your work becomes so much better. Right. You know, I mean, it, it, you know, I, we always, you know, when you compete in WGI, or when you compete in DCI or anything, you know, you, you, you lay it out there and you, there's going to be a competitive aspect of it. I think now, you know, we're obviously older. I, I would think we're more wise and better teachers and all that. But, you know, when you, um, you know, when you have that competitive aspect, you got to keep it all into perspective. Well, what is really important? What, what, why are we really doing this? You know what, to us, you know, if you win the world championship, that's just icing on the cake, but that's not why you do it. No, you, that, that can't, but you can't control that end that, result. You're right. That, that's nothing you can really control. To, you know, you, you, and, you know, and, and we always told our kids, especially with Miamisburg, look, all we can control as a group is what you do out there. So just do your best. You know, just do the very best you can. As far as the placements, because we can't control that. Somebody might like us. Somebody might not like us. I mean, so it's just what it is. So let's go out and let's at least perform really well. And let's let's work to, you know, do, you know, practice and make that happen. So we can't focus on what that end placement is because you can't. It's just not in our control. We can't do yeah. anything about it. Right. Absolutely so. true. Okay, so I want to rewind one more time to, to 1987 because I I so love this color show and I have to bring. So in case anybody hasn't seen it, it actually you can see it. I found it on YouTube and I was watching it before <laughs> before we started today and I got all excited again. So so this I just want to rewind this. So the curtains open, out comes the yellow. I guess the sabers, right? Yeah. Okay, and yellow, and they describe yellow, and then blue, and out come the flags with the blue. They're wearing blue costumes. They have blue flags. They talk about blue. Okay, but then the curtain opens and the announcer goes red and the crowd just like goes ape crap. Like it's just insane. 
<laughs> so, like, and, and the thing I remembered most is is that you sold out of the red sweatshirts and everybody was so upset. Like, is, 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 is that like the most popular all time, like, shirt sold at WGI? Could be. I, I don't know. Could be. <laughs> I mean, you know, people, that, people that had those red sweatshirts were showing them off, and they were so proud they had one. And I was like, I didn't get one. You know, it's funny. If, if, when we go to WGI every now and then, we'll see somebody with, like, old Miller's Blackhawk shirts or a Skylark shirt or a mm. shirt. Or, I mean, it, it's just funny to see all that. I mean, it just it instantly brings you back to those times when you see that. Yeah. I just I love the show, that show especially, and – that's the one that comes to my mind first when I think of Miller's, although I think of all those great shows. Um, so do you guys have a favorite moment performing? Like you remember when you were on the floor, something that happened or some certain moment that you're, it sticks with you? You know, probably the year we aged out, you know, at the end of the, at the end of the show, we had like an encore, you know, so each group came out and did like a bow or whatever. And I probably, you know, as, as when we aged out, I probably remember that the most, right? Because you know, the, the crowd was so excited, and you know, I, I felt, I felt like we, I felt like we did a good job, and and so that was probably it. Um, you know, we, I would get, we both would get so nervous before performing, you know, just like any other anybody. I mean, I would be a nervous wreck if I was going to drop my rifle or if I was going to do this or do that, and you know, it just, you know, we went all through that, but. Probably that last year when we ate. Yeah, that was that was a that was a nice moment because we obviously because we knew this was it. You know, we're we're right. done performing. Right. Um, but I'll, yeah, I would never forget that. And and it's nothing that we did with our equipment. We just came out, took a bow, and you know, that was it. Yeah, it's awesome. I'm glad you had that moment. You certainly deserved it. Well, thank you. Well, guys, thank like you. this this has been such a joy to talk to you guys. I love thinking back on. You know, these Winter Guard moments that were so important to me. And I just want to make sure and say one more time that it was important to me, those experiences I had with Miller's sitting in the audience and the, the joy and the energy and excitement you guys brought to the activity. Um, that was I just think it was really special. I, every group didn't have that. And um, I, I think it's great to have that in your pocket. Like, man, we did that. We were we built that we were we were part of that. I just want to make sure you guys know I appreciate it as a fan, and I think the activity really it mattered to the activity. Well, thank you. We we you know we like we said it was such a big part of our life back then, and it's really what's made us what we are it's, today. It shaped us what we are today, yeah. and with our company and everything. And um, you know, yeah. it's all those moments we would never take away. That's for sure. Well. It's, it's so exciting to get to talk to you. Thank you for taking time to talk to me. And, and I know you're really, really busy at FJM, so I appreciate you taking time to talk. Well, no, no, thank you very thank much. Thank you. you. It's great talking to you. Find other podcasts about classic WGI groups like the Skylarks or the State Street Review in our podcast archives at marchingroundtable.com. You can search there by category or just put a word into the search bar. If you find our podcast helpful, share it with friends and colleagues who you think would enjoy them. Anyone can hear our podcasts on iTunes, on our mobile app, or at our website at marchingroundtable.com. Keep up with guests we're talking to and podcasts that are upcoming by following the Marching Roundtable on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. And get our biweekly newsletter by signing up for a free VIP membership at marchingroundtable.com. We encourage you to learn from the marching arts professionals and from Color Guard EDU with great videos available now at marchingartseducation.com. We hope to support our podcast on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash marchingroundtable. 
This is your host, Tim Hinton. I invite you to visit my website at timhinton.com to hear the almost 100 marching shows available there. timhinton.com The Marching Roundtable now has over 1,000 VIP members, listeners, and fans who are following our podcast closely. If you or your company sponsor one of our podcasts, you'll have the ears of these listeners and many more like them who download thousands of podcasts each month hearing your sponsor message. These listeners also could see your ad on every page of our website, plus see your company name and a link to your website on our bi-weekly newsletter or where our podcasts are located. Find out more by clicking on Sponsorship Opportunities at our website at marchingroundtable.com or contact Tim at tim at marchingroundtable.com. Our listeners are the exact audience you're trying to reach.